Hi, welcome to Agni Speak. This is a program of omenbird.info. You can find us at omenbird.info. And um, here at Agni Speak, we will be uh, I, I will be addressing the Rig Veda, um, Vedic lifestyle, Ayurveda, um, and that type and the Vedic religion. And we'll be starting here with uh, Ayurveda. Be going through some uh, basics of Ayurveda. This is for informational, educational purposes only. Um, this is uh, not medical advice. Um, if you're seeking medical advice, please contact your doctor. And uh, so we'll start with the six philosophies of life, the uh, Shaddarshan. And, um, you know, Ayurveda is a very old system of healing that is founded in the Vedas, and it's essentially the science of life. And um, Ayur, Ayur means life, and Veda means um, science or um, knowing. And uh, the Ayurveda talks about the the purpose of life and uh, why we're here and the scope as well as metaphysical and physical and physiological aspects of well-being. And in Ayurveda, we really talk about the conjunction of body, mind, and soul or spirit. And um, that the purpose of life is to really realize our uh, inherent divinity, our union with God, you might want to uh, say. And um, so from that, you want to express the divinity, that divinity uh, in, in, throughout your life. And so Ayurveda helps us to not only understand our union with divinity and our divine nature, but also to express it in daily life um, through how we live, our behavior, and um, what we eat, and, uh, and exercise, and many different elements. So uh, each individual is seen as a microcosm um, or a miniature form of the universe. So everything that's in the universe is believed to be right there in your body, in your mind, in your soul. Ayurveda is a ancient medical science, um, and it helps us to improve the quality of life as well as the longevity of life. And it's really rooted in the understanding of each individual's unique nature. Uh, you might want to call it the Svadhava or Svadharma. Each person has a unique body, a unique mind, uh, and soul, and that that un and the unique dharma, unique purpose, and so that unique purpose in body and mind and soul really has to be honored and recognized to achieve health and happiness and freedom and complete realization of your fullest potential. So Ayurveda encompasses uh, herbal medicine and energetic medicine, and, and we found this actually in 
some of the Western healing arts. There's Western herbal medicine. And um, in the West, you might find, you know, different energetic healing arts like uh, Reiki, for example. Um, and Ayurveda, having been a around for so long, uh, has all of these things within it. And it really attempts to coordinate these different aspects of healing, um, you know, exercise and Ayurvedic massage, massage and diet and herbs and uh, energetic healing, prayer, faith healing, these types of things um, are all encompassed by Ayurveda. And so um, since Ayurveda moves along and continues to, um, you know, kind of acquire different methodologies because it's a growing wisdom, um, it's a wisdom that's growing along with to achieve what I mentioned are the goals of Ayurveda. Uh, and for that reason, it's sometimes considered to be a dynamic or living type of medical science. And um, the process of Ayurveda in terms of treating imbalances, or I prefer to look at it as um, helping the body, the mind and soul to integrate new information, because I really think that um, it's not actually very helpful. It's not really the, it's not the point to be looking at things as you versus it. Um, that's kind of a duality thing. And in Vedic teachings, it's really Advaitic, meaning not to. It doesn't say one, but it says not to, Advaita. So to eliminate that dualism, to negate the dualism, I think we really need to look at the healing within Ayurveda as integrating new information um, that the Agni within the soul and the body and the mind is digesting or integrating new information. But anyway, there are different ways that this works. And um, one of the ways is to essentially integrate the cause um, or integrate the condition. And you might, they might cause, call this, some people in Ayurveda might call this eliminating the cause or treating the condition or um, integrating the body, rebuilding the body, rejuvenation. And that's really, that's, I, I think that this is kind of a step, uh, a stepwise thing. So we'll get into that more. Um, you know, and Ayurveda and in India had been kind of colonized when, uh, you know, that's a very popular term right now, this idea of colonization. Um, but it, Really, what it simply means is when one power or influence comes in and insists that it be the predominant influence or power um, when it was not originally, you know, wasn't really there to begin with. And so that happened in England. And so Ayurveda kind of went underground or was not um, was not supported in Western medicine with its uh with its kind of symptomatic approach took over. And, um, but the problem is, is that people have seen that Western medicine uh, just doesn't really seek to prevent the problems or fully resolve the problems through proper integration. Rather, it seeks to suppress, uh, suppress symptoms or to destroy things that it feels are the causes. And you see that very much in you know, germ theory is very much of a kind of a warfare approach. Um, you'll hear people use terminal, terminology like fighting cancer. Uh, so it's a lot of fighting and um, 
war and stuff. And, and uh, Ayurveda is based on the principle of nonviolence. Um, so, you know, that's an important thing to understand. So this idea of conflict and this idea of domination of one force over another is not really, in my opinion, should not be prevalent within um, within Ayurvedic treatment or um, understanding. And that's a Western version. So Western medicine, uh, you know, but Western medicine has some strengths for sure. Um, you know, trauma and diagnostic types of things um, could be maybe um, give us insights on things. However, Ayurveda also has, uh, has addressed those and diagnostic methodologies within Ayurveda include pulse diagnostic, diagnostics uh, or um, tongue reading, looking at the tongue and seeing what information is there. Um, in, in Ayurveda, there's not a specialization, whereas in Western medicine, there is. Ayurveda treats the whole person and doesn't just focus in on s symptoms. So every healing system, including Ayurveda, has a philosophical foundation. Um, you know, a way of cosmology, a way of understanding the body, the, the body, the mind, the soul, the purpose. There you see this cosmology, you see this philosophy and this ideology in Western science. Um, they have more of a mechanistic, uh, reductionist uh, approach, um, you know, germ theory approach, the idea that your consciousness is more of an epiphenomena or they don't know what it is. That's kind of the equivalent in Western science, but in Western medicine, but in Ayurveda, there is the philosophies that underlie under Ayurveda. And Ayurveda, in my opinion, really comes down to the Rig Veda, which I will talk about in other, um, in other posts, other podcasts. But there are other, there are other, philosophies that are said to inform Ayurveda as well. And I'm about to talk about that a little bit, but let's talk about the basic philosophies. So first, like I mentioned, the Vedas. So they're very old. Um, the Vedas, uh, really they're, they predate being written down. Although, um, you know, I think that one text I said showed that they maybe were written down first about 5,000 years ago. Um, but their oral transmission from one person to another, one generation to another, uh, came far before that. And the Vedas are really understood to be timeless because what is the, what are the Vedas? Really, the Vedas are the expression of wisdom of uh of a glimpse into into truth so there are four more four main vedas there's the rig veda the yajur veda the atarva veda and the sama veda and um you can read through those there's a great book um by keith keith griffith the translation of the four rig veda or the the four veda samhitas um, and I'm sorry, Ralph, uh, Ralph Griffith was the one that did that translation. And, um, and then Arthur, um, Barrydale Keith, um, 
also did part of it. So you can go find that. I believe that's for free online. You may be able to find the PDF. And there's also what are called secondary Vedas or Upavedas. And they developed different bodies of knowledge. And um, Aryaveda is one of the Upavedas. <laughs> so um, some... Some people think that Ayurveda came primarily from the Atarva Veda, and some feel that it came from the Rig Veda. What's interesting is that both of those, the Rig Veda and the Atarva Veda, are relatively unique, and they came up at the same time. Um, out of the, uh, let's see, the Rig Veda is real, the Rig Veda Samhita is really the oldest, um, and then the Atarva Veda is, uh, I believe, um, very old as well. Uh, but the Yajur Veda and the Sama Veda, the Sama Veda is a lot of the Rig Veda in song, and the Yajur Veda is a lot of re repetition of the Rig Veda as well, or a lot of similarities. So the Atarva Veda is interesting because it has more unique prayers that are not found in the Rig Veda. So for that reason, I think that probably looking at Ayurveda as coming out of both of those um, makes a lot of sense. Vedic tradition, uh, it, it's focused on seeing rishis are seers so direct perception um really we're talking like revelation so that's where the that's the vedic tradition is a tradition of revelation revelation of wisdom that is experienced in moments of meditative absorption samadhi and um you know, those people, when they have it, it comes becomes part of them and they're able to s speak that wisdom and the wisdom that they're able to speak, uh, that's, you know, that is uh, basically Veda, for lack of a better word, that is Veda. And um, so that's transmitted one soul to another throughout time and that's called the oral tradition. And the, like I mentioned, the Vedas were an oral tradition. Ayurveda is still an oral tradition, although it's written down. It's passed from one person to another, and um, these things are oftentimes when they're passed when they're passed down, they're put into small small sayings, sutras, and um, that sutra is kind of like a seed. Once it's unpacked in the mind or through experience, through revelation, through education. Um, through a teacher, then it sprouts the tree of knowledge. Um, so it's that's a sutra, and um, there is a one of the key Ayurvedic texts is written by uh, or is called the Charaka Samhita, and that's considered the one of the oldest Ayurvedic text. And then there's, there's the Shashruta Samhita uh, as well. And these have different uh, different topics. Then there's the Ashtanga Hridayam and the Ashtanga Sangraha. So, but really, those are just the written forms. People recorded things, but this idea of Ayurveda being a Veda is a oral, trans, oral tradition of healing based on direct perception 
for, re for revelation, okay? That's very important because Ayurveda is not outside of your ability to understand it or anybody else's ability to understand it, that if you take the time to connect with your true nature, the true nature of the universe um, with God, then that revelation can occur and you will understand Ayurveda. You will understand you will have the science of life, the knowledge of life. So getting in, uh, honing in on the uh, Shaddarshan, so there means there's six, uh, six visions. And so this, the six visions um, we'll get into here. I'm not going to get into the details in this particular podcast, but there's Sankhya, Nyaya, Vaisheshika, Mimamsa, Yoga, Vedanta, and um, Darshan, again, really, it's it's just that vision. It's that direct perception. So it's, uh, in my opinion, it's just another, you know, maybe Veda is the result of Darshan. Veda is that knowledge that comes from Darshan, from the vision of Revelation. Uh, you might want to think about it that way. Uh, so, uh, you know, they talk about the different darshans. There's different focuses on particle interaction, cause and effect, physiology, um, are evolving out of consciousness, anatomy and physiology evolving out of consciousness. And uh, we're going to get into that more specific. Uh, Sankhya is going to be the first topic that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about that in the next podcast. But Sankhya philosophy is the idea of awareness that the essence of being, um, being aware, uh, that that awareness has a bliss and enjoyment, and that bliss and enjoyment essentially evolves into the material consciousness, into the material world. So the universe is expressed from the inside out from consciousness going uh, into matter, becoming matter. So awareness, the suchness of being, the divinity becomes material. Um, okay, so that will uh, that will be for good for now, and I appreciate you listening to Agni speak, and I look forward to you coming back for the next podcast. And please visit omenbird.info. Thank you.